Welcome to the Heart of Dating Podcast. Hey, it's Kate. I'm so glad you could join us this week as we try to untangle the ever so ambiguous world of dating as a Christian. Over here on Heart of Dating, we get real as we answer some tough questions and uncover transformative ways to approach Christian dating. Oh, and you better believe we have some laughs along the way, because last time I checked, the struggle is hashtag real. You know what I'm saying? Now, let's get to the heart of the matter. Hello, hello. Welcome back to the What If series. I got my girl Haley. Hey. Hey, guys. (laughs) Guys, in this series, we are confronting the what ifs of your single life. And if you guys don't know Haley, she is amazing. She is our digital marketing coordinator at Heart of Dating, and she does incredible stuff for us around the gram on Heart of Dating. You will see her in many of our reels. And she also has her own passions and vision for life. And you should go and check out her Instagram at at the Haley Kenyon, the Haley, H-A-I-L-E-Y, K-E-N-Y-O-N. I love it. It's a song. But yeah, go check out Haley. And we, I've said this before, but we have a nine-year age gap between us. So this episode is actually really fun because we have way different kind of, we have similar but different experiences Mm -hmm. for how this impacted us. So today we are talking about what if you've been impacted by purity culture negatively Mm -hmm. impacted by purity culture mainly what do you do about that and you know this is a really sensitive subject because it does impact so many people and there are probably still people maybe even those of you listening that still don't even know the true effects of what purity culture has done for you Mm -hmm. and or to you but what I want to start by saying is that I am not like, oh, the word purity sucks and everything about purity is awful. No, I'm definitely, that's not my jam. And I'm not all of the purity culture is bad. I, it's just the reality is that when this whole movement really started um, way earlier, I think it started like 2000s, 90s. Don't quote me on that, okay? I didn't do that much research on when it started. But when this all began and it really started becoming popular, purity teachings, It had a good intention with bad repercussions in many cases. And so it's kind of like my friend Kathleen says, if you step on somebody's toes, you probably didn't mean to step on their toe. You didn't have an intention to step on their toe, but you still hurt them. And Mm -hmm. so you should still apologize, right? Even though I didn't mean to step on your toe, it (laughs) wasn't my intention, but it still hurt you. Or I could have broken your foot. I mean, in that case, like, right. And so that's kind of how I see purity culture. I don't believe the intentions were bad for everybody who participated or who has preached purity culture messages, type of messages. Like, I don't think everyone had bad intentions, but some of the results were really negative and very shaming. And so Haley and I are going to talk through some of our stories and just what do you do? What do you do if you've really been impacted by it? Um, And the reason why we want to talk about this is because it does show up often in your life today. Mm -hmm. It shows up mainly in the way of shame. That's probably the number one way it shows up. Shame for your body, shame for your past, shame in 
between you and God, like feeling like shamed and like you can't really come and be close to God because of how you see yourself or the things that you've potentially done. And it also impacts like being able to truly connect with yourself and your body and this beautiful vessel that God has created, which is a holy temple and a beautiful creation. Like the fact that we have blood running through our veins and like our heart pumps, yeah. it's like amazing. The, the body that God has created, whenever I, whenever one of my friends, I've had a lot of friends having babies recently. Whenever I hear just about all that the body can do, it's a miracle. It yes. is insane. It's so cool that God designed it that uniquely. It's so mm -hmm. amazing. And even in that, sex is amazing. Like it's an amazing, wonderful gift that God has created. Now I'm not going to go into, I have like all my pre-engagement or engagement <laughs> counseling thoughts on my mind because JJ and I have took all that stuff. And I'm like, all these things. And you know, yes. but when we have really been deeply and negatively impacted by purity culture, there becomes a dissociation from our bodies, our bodies become bad, our bodies and our desires become bad. Like sexual desire isn't bad, but we're taught that desire is super bad and you should repent and be ashamed of it. And your body is bad, cover it up at all points in time and don't let anything show. And like, we feel really uncomfortable with our bodies. Yes. And because totally. of that, it leads to so many things, right? Mm -hmm. And so let's share some of our stories. Let's do it. Shall we? Should we shall. Do you want to start Haley? I can start okay. yeah so I just as you were talking even it's just so many thoughts were coming to mind and and two of the big things being like I feel like just some people need to hear that sex is good yeah and some people need to hear that sex is powerful yeah and that right. there it's something to be celebrated yes and also like we do need to acknowledge that it is a powerful thing yes. especially used outside of the context of marriage yeah, yeah. and I think in addressing like purity culture specifically we can't go into all of the layers and nuances yeah. but um yeah just as you were talking it kind of just brought that up That's for good. me so I wanted yeah. to mention that and so because of our nine-year age gap you guys I was fortunate enough to not have been old enough to read I Kiss Dating Goodbye <laughs> I didn't ever read that book I think I vaguely heard about it but it's something I never picked up. Yeah. Praise the Lord. <laughs> however. I'll tell you guys more about my experience. <laughs> yeah, we can hear more about that later. I did grow up, however, in a small private school. So mm. I was around the same probably 50 or 60 kids from the time I was in kindergarten all the way to high school. And wow. so I was in – I mean, and we had Bible class and we prayed and they – we had chapels. So it was like very much kind of like being at youth group 24 seven. And you also had to learn. And I also grew up in the church and just everything about that kind of environment. We never talked about sex. Like it was just not anything talked about. And when they did talk about it or we did have sex ed, it was just put in such a bad light mm. that like you're going to be sinning if you fall into this, this temptation. If you yeah. act on these things that you're feeling like you're kind of like that mean girl scene yeah, where it's like yeah, you, you are get going to get and you will die <laughs> exactly That's what it says. Yeah. exactly and um so the only time they brought in people to talk about sex it was like a pregnancy clinic and it was they just showed us all these pictures of stds like i vividly remember oh being in my bible class oh gosh, and yeah. just seeing like literally i never even knew i didn't know anything about sex i had no never and now you're like seeing and now i'm just seeing like the horrible so sides of it and oh i'm like gosh. oh my gosh if i ever even touch a boy like I don't want to end up like this. <laughs> like what? Without oh, no, actually yeah. understanding, having any kind of context or framework for sex, for right. even physical attraction or yeah. like what 
what happens when you do start to feel physically attracted as you like grow Mm -hmm. and develop like how can we steward that instead of like there's just such a framework of shame around it and even just I know this was not like everyone at my school or in my environment but just from things I had heard growing up I just assumed that sex was bad and that it was gross and that specifically men were gross and all they wanted was sex so just all Mm. of these lies seeped in at such a young age and it led to I mean we talked about it in the height um episode and I think we'll talk about it even more but just I already felt uncomfortable in my body at such a young age like it stood out and then when I started getting older and I did want to be in relationships or I did feel like I was attracted to guys I felt like it was wrong Mm. like even kind of having some kind of like Mm. oh yeah it'd be nice to cuddle somebody (laughs) I was like oh my gosh I must be like I need to burn in hell like you know just kind of just like that desire that you want that which is right is actually an okay desire to want physical touch yes Uh, that's the first thing we get out of the womb is physical touch Mm -hmm. it's the first sensation absolutely yeah and so that so I grew up in that really small kind of sheltered very shamed environment going into college I also went to a Christian like a Nazarene school Mm. it was small as well so I I wasn't really ever in big environments however I was on the volleyball team and so I was around a lot of athletes that were just at this school because it was in San Diego and we lived on the beach and they got scholarships there so I was around people with different worldviews than me for the very first time and there was a lot of promiscuity like there were a lot of girls that I knew or even in the athlete where they athlete sphere where they were talking about sex all the time yeah and they were they had no shame about it and it was like really comfortable for them to talk about sex and it almost like lost its sanctity Mm. like there was no regard for sex and it was just this polar opposite to what I had grown up talking about and so or what I'd grown up learning in that more shamed environment and so this for me was very confusing at like 17 18 19 as I'm in this like on again off again kind of unhealthy relationship have no framework for attraction sex like PDA any of it it's just so I'm hearing such extreme things and not really had ever taken it to God myself because I was afraid because I just already had so much shame I didn't even want to talk to him about it I was like well you're just gonna tell me you can't have any fun so I like I'll just turn a blind eye to this and like figure it out and so kind of all of that led me to lose my virginity at a very young age Mm. and I felt so ashamed like just the shame that I felt in my body like I just knew it wasn't even conviction like it was just straight condemnation of just okay well like my life is over pretty much like I couldn't even it was just one of those things where I feel like the advice I had been given from a young age was like, well, it just happens so easily, like without ever being taught like how to set boundaries or how to like develop a sexual ethic. Like none yeah. of that was mm-hmm. ever even taught. And how to connect with God in the process. Yes. Because that's true. Like you just said, it's a missing link. Like you didn't even feel like you could talk to God right. about any of these things. Mm-hmm. It's just like, it's almost like, this thing that God, which is so interesting because this thing that God created, our body, sex, this desire, like all of this is something where like God created it Mm -hmm. and and we're being told or shown in ways like you shouldn't be able to bring this talk to God about it. It's almost like God is ashamed of what he's designed in a weird like way. Your mind goes there, I think. Yeah, exactly. And that shame was just so, it just led me to keep a lot of things that were going on in that relationship in the dark Mm -hmm. and just feeling like it was my fault. Everything was my fault. And so once everything kind of came to light about that relationship, I realized like, oh my gosh, like not only is this something that I gave up at a young age that looking back now, I genuinely wish I wouldn't have. Like there were things going on in that relationship that had like abusive and manipulative tendencies that I didn't realize about. And it all came 
from that fear of the shame of like, what would they think about me if I brought this? Like, what would they think about me that I would be like a slut or whatever, you know, that I, it would put me in such a bad light as like Mm -hmm. a quote unquote good Christian girl that I can't let that wall down. So then behind the scenes, I was just getting hurt spiritually like just so much damage going on I'm thankful now like there's such a a beauty and redemption to all of that and God truly does redeem and I'm so grateful that all of this is coming to light now and that it is getting a little more um less taboo I guess yeah it's like talk about we are bringing these things to light um but yeah that shame piece of it was just huge there's a huge miss like if you were just like in the last few years able to work through these things like who is and and how can we reverse that these are the teachings to young kids and young girls and young boys. And like, it's not till maybe post-college or whatever that people are like, oh, I could change and heal from these thoughts. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, where can it be introduced earlier, different ways of processing and introducing God? Like that, because it all is starts Mm -hmm. at a very young age when we start learning or don't learn about things. Because like, we don't really learn about like the body we, we don't even learn much about anything like we just <laughs> learn that girls get periods and guys go through you know their yeah. stuff with hormones mm-hmm. and we learn about stds yeah. and like that's it like exactly. we, you know and mm-hmm. like we don't learn yeah. about anything else right. um i granted i didn't go to christian school but still like there's nothing no healthy sexual education of any kind mm-hmm. really and so um uh, it's just really 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 tough man yeah. And I just think if, if the, especially now more than ever, if the church, if the body of Christ like isn't talking about it, mm-hmm. like the world is educating so much yes. on it. And that for me was the biggest turning point. Like once the world got involved into like my sexual understanding, then that's when it lost its sanctity. And then mm-hmm. that's when it was just like, well, whatever, like let's just get it over with kind of thing. Yeah, And like, that is a lie from yeah. the enemy that the world is just preaching through media, through movies, yeah. film, all of it. And that's why I think it's so important that we are talking about it and that the church is really teaching on it at a young age because, I mean, there's so much more there. And I'm even thinking of like the statistics on like porn, like being exposed to porn Yes, at yeah. such, like I, literally you, such I'm a young, really like eight, young. nine years old. Yeah. And we have to just start talking about these things. And with obviously in the case of children, it's more on parents and things like that. But as a church, as a body of Christ, yeah. how can we rally around this issue and make it a normal conversation in the church for us to like a kid at youth group to be talking about these things Mm. openly and it be okay and not like oh my gosh jimmy we have to pull you to the side we can't talk about this in front of people Mm -hmm. because already those kinds of things is like oh we're making it like a shameful thing that this kid is wanting to talk about some sort of sexual desire or thought or Mm -hmm. question that he has it's like no no no, we can't talk about that in front of people even those little things you know Hey guys, I am just loving this episode today with Haley. And real quick, I want to tell you about today's sponsor. Do you have troubles falling asleep? I'm not going to lie, leading up to before my wedding, I am now married, but before my wedding, I was having so many troubles sleeping, you guys. So many things on my mind. And to top it off, in the middle of the night, I would get on my phone to look at different texts, which did not help. Up until I discovered this incredible app that truly helped me get through all of the anxiety of the season, the Abide app. Abide is the number one Christian meditation app. Abide users report less stress, lower levels of anxiety and depression, and even better sleep. 
And for a limited time, our listeners will get 25% off a premium subscription when you text HEART to 22433. Abide Meditation started about two minutes long. They're super easy to fit in your schedule and they're perfect for those in the middle of the night insomnia moments. I'm telling you guys, I would get on my phone and instead of going to my messages or going to Instagram, I would instead open Abide and do one of their Christian meditations and it honestly put me straight to sleep when nothing else was working. Get started now with 25% off a premium subscription by texting HEART to 22433. You will get additional stories and meditations, premium music, soothing sounds, and even more. Support Heart of Dating and get 25% off by texting HEART to 22433. My story is is similar in actually some ways. I mean, I grew up Catholic and I grew up very much like by the book, don't have sex and, you know, those sorts of things. Mm. But then in high school, I converted over from Catholicism to non-denominational. And that's also when I started going to this really intense like Bible study mm. and group of younger Christians that are non-denominational. And it's where I really got hit with purity culture mm. and the I kiss dating goodbye and where this all really came came into being for me was honestly just the teachings of the Josh Harris book being that you have to date in groups and you can't that pure flicks we created that reel but that was like what I had to do that you're I literally signed a um little sheet that with all these rules like you have to sit with multiple pillows between you at 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 all times if you're gonna date this guy you your your uh faces have to always be one foot apart at all times (sighs) you can't have any blankets like no hand holding unless people are around like This is so real. I had to sign it and sign that I would go to like premarital, basically premarital counseling with if we wanted to date in high school through this like Bible group. And I know it's so dramatic. It is. It was dramatic. And I was like, and guess what? I ended up having sex with this guy. And Mm -hmm. the problem with that was I felt so alone and so ashamed Mm -hmm. because, I mean, we didn't obviously follow all the rules. And I was like, nobody's going to accept me. And so the day after... Actually, the night that I I had sex for the first time, I remember crying my eyes out. Mm-hmm. I felt so guilty, so much shame. The next day, I made the guy come over and locked him in my room with me where we then – I got out. I had the book, Every Young Woman's Battle, and my brother had the book, Every Young Man's Battle. Uh-huh. And I was like, we need to read this entire book today, <laughs> and we can never let this happen again. And I was like, we are not leaving this room until we both know oh exactly goodness. never how to make this ever happen again. <laughs> And so we're like sitting there like reading these books. I I can like remember it clearly. I'm like, we can't tell anyone we have to read this and this can never happen again. (laughs) And then of course it kept happening. Yeah. Um, because why? Because shame was keeping us so stuck. We didn't mm-hmm. feel like we could tell anybody openly, comfortably, yeah. and actually have support and like and really figure out what was going on here, you know? And mm-hmm. so because of that, I also was also indoctrinated with a lot of the uh, mentality of like it's really that it's women's our job to mitigate a man's lust and yeah. that's a whole thing mm-hmm. that for me was really like if I if a guy and I made out and then he went too far with me it was my fault like yeah. and I that was perpetuated to me both verbally but also like 
again and again in my life, just privately, I was like, oh, mm-hmm. if something is going on that I don't like, it's my fault. And so later in yeah. my life, it led to me being sexually abused and raped. And, and mm-hmm. I never saw it as my as that for years and years and years wow. because I blame myself because I put myself I, I compartmentalize it and I said well it's my fault I mean mm-hmm. maybe I was flirting maybe I let him on I mean when this one situation that happened I had been clearly roofied and so mm-hmm. it's but I still blamed myself I was yeah. like oh I, I mean I may have been le- leading him on and so but it was because of these mentalities right. because it's my job to mitigate a man's lust it's my job to do these things and and also all the shame attached to it. So that's some of my story. <laughs> I guess we should have put a trigger warning at the beginning. Yeah, Sorry, definitely. everyone. <laughs> wow. Um, getting real Yeah. Here. And so, but so that's some of my story. Let's, let's share a little bit about our nuggets mm-hmm. on how we can um, pivot. Um, I, I'm going to start because I think yours goes well after yeah. I, I, okay. Because I love your point. It's okay. So my final nugget is to just, if you were me or even if you were like Haley, I'm so sorry that these were the doctrines that you were given, that you weren't given a sexual ethic of how God created sex and our bodies and these things so beautifully and how it's something we should cherish out of an outworking of how much this is a beautiful design and how much we honor ourselves and God and the other person by doing, by saving these things for marriage. And so I'm so sorry if you didn't get those kinds of, those kinds of teachings like, hey, neither Haley or I did. Um, But my encouragement to you is it is possible to get reconnected to your heart, to your body in a healthy way, and to be free of shame. And the process to do that is to really go through the layers and get down to a core of what does the Bible say about sex? What like lay it all out on the table and yeah. rebuild your sexual ethic. I know we there's the hot button word of deconstruction, but in ways we do have to deconstruct purity culture teachings and what and how it basically the word deconstruction here is just, just take away like look at all the pieces and assess how you got to where you are and then start rebuilding because yeah. I think if you have been negatively impacted by purity culture it's the only way to really move forward to really have true, beautiful conviction. Because if you're like me, what happened before I did this was I would just get into relationships. I can never keep boundaries. I can never, I like, I was like, here's my boundary. I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to cross this. And without a deep rooted conviction that is free of shame, I couldn't ever actually stick to my boundary. And then I felt more shame. Mm -hmm. And it was just a cycle on repeat, like copy, paste, repeat over and over with guys I dated. And it created such unhealth in those relationships, such unhealth for me. And so until I really sussed out all of this, broke it down and rebuilt my sexual ethic and felt deeply connected to it and deeply connected to God and felt free of shame. Only then could I start actually having clear boundaries and being, and, and be able to stick to those boundaries. So that's, um, that's my advice. That's so beautiful. (laughs) Um, yeah, to kind of echo that in a lot of ways, my biggest piece of advice or my biggest little nugget, biggest little nugget, (laughs) would be if you've been impacted by purity culture and not just if you've been impacted by purity culture and therefore lost your virginity, Mm -hmm. but also 
if you've been impacted by purity culture and maybe you've never had your first kiss because of it or you feel still feel the shame of mm-hmm. you know any kind of physical barrier being broken i just want you to know that there is no room for condemnation or shame yeah. and we just need to call that out for the lie that it is yeah. i mean even romans 8 1 is like there is now therefore no condemnation for those who are in christ jesus okay. and that includes your sexuality and so i just pray it is just such my prayer that everyone listening to this no matter how old you are no matter how much you've been through is that you really take this to Jesus and to the foot of the cross because I promise you he will redeem it and restore it Mm -hmm. and we have to just break down that shame and that condemnation and for ourselves and also so that we can extend that to others and comfort others and you are loved you are so deeply loved and you are worthy of love I know Kate and I both have a similar story of like Mm -hmm. not having our virginity and we can just see the beauty of that in her and JJ's story Mm -hmm. but it doesn't mean that you're like damaged goods at all that you are so loved and you are so worthy of Mm -hmm. a pure love even if you're not quote-unquote pure yeah as by purity culture standards, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, let's yeah. just throw it out the window. <laughs> like you are just so loved and you're so worthy and you're seen as pure and holy and set apart in the eyes of Jesus. And that with that, you're not weird for having sexual urges and desires. Right. Like it's not weird to desire something. Like, your body was literally built that way to reproduce. Like you are a human and God gifted you with this like beautiful gift of sex that we hopefully all get to experience within the covenant of marriage. But it's a good thing. It's a good thing and it's a powerful thing. And that's why there are boundaries that we build around. There's an order to it when it's, and I'm saying this like, no, I'm like, I'm sure you could speak to this so much more with just all the stuff I'm sure you've learned in like the pre-engagement counseling and stuff. But let's just stop making it such a weird thing as Christians. Like, and it's not something that just awakens once you're married and it's dormant for years and years and years. And then it's just like, once you're married, you're supposed to be like, Like, what? Exactly. How did that happen? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I will be honest, you guys, before JJ and I got married, we had to start having questions or have conversations about all these things. And we even took a sex course, like a Christian Mm. sex course, because we, we both were like, we don't want there to be shame. We want to go into this in the right way. And he never had sex and I have a different history and past than he has. So we wanted to really prepare ourselves for, you know, and there's a lot of conversations. And I will say, if you are worried about that, like coming from my perspective of JJ does not have a sexual past like I do, though he does have a sexual past, you can figure that out. It is not too late for you, just like Haley was saying. And there are amazing conversations you can have once you're in the stage of engagement and you can have a beautiful, thriving sex life. Like when you are married, Mm like it's, you can, you are not too broken. You are not too damaged. None of that, like truly. And like the right person is not going to overlook you or not want to be with you because of your sexual past. I did a whole Mm -hmm. episode on that with JJ as well. Like how frustrated I am that people just eliminate people based on their sexual past. I'm like, Mm -hmm. wait a second. That's so unfair. That's like, that is like so unbiblical for Mm -hmm. like the way Jesus sees us. Like, oh, I'm not going to, I can't date that person because they've slept with someone before. I'm like, what? Oh my gosh. Like, like, anyway, uh, it's triggering for me, obviously, (laughs) because uh, I've had people say that to me. Mm. So, but needless to say, the point is that you are not 
too broken. Your past is not going to be too much for the right person. I truly mean that. And there's so much healing um, that you can do now. And then so much more that like, just know you will, you can have a healing sex life, like an amazing, amazing connection with your future person if that's in the cards for you. So Okay. Yeah. Wow. What an episode. What an episode. Like we could do five of these <laughs> on this topic. Oh my goodness. But um, this is great. Thank you, Haley, God, for sharing. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you guys for listening and we will see you next see week. You next time. The Heart of Dating Podcast is created by Kate Warman. It is a part of the Converge Podcast Network. Our incredible editor is the one and only Scott Caro. Our theme music was developed by the amazing Christian Ledoux. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, or if you've never written us a review or ranked us on iTunes, we'd encourage you to do so because it helps us so much to get this podcast into more people's ears. We launch our podcast each and every week on Wednesday. So we'll see you next week. This show is part of the Converge Podcast Network.